everyone. I'm Ash France, a somatic practitioner who works with queer women who are coming out later in life. And I'm Donna Noble. I'm an LGBTQ plus relationship expert trained in a psychobiological approach to couples therapy by Dr. Stan Tacken. We're a queer couple who fell in love after our worlds collided when we discovered that our now ex-wives were actually engaged in an affair together states apart. And we're here on a mission to normalize, educate, and bring clarity around the complexities that can come along with queer relationships. So grab your cup of coffee, pour your favorite cup of tea or glass of fine whiskey, and join us as we come together for Queer Couples Conversations. Like I have to make sure that we are right. clinking. You're still doing it. I okay. contact. I, there we go. I, it is just I have to be so <laughs> present, you know, with the eye contact. It's like mm. I have to work so hard to make that happen. Love it. Oh, it has That's taken delicious. us so long to get to this point. Yeah, episode one. This take is actually take three of three. episode one. Full. Third time's a charm. Full disclosure, we have recorded this two <laughs> other times full over uh, for over an hour each episode. Truly, yes. And then mm-hmm. for whatever reasons, we're like, no, we can't. We've for whatever it. reasons, I mean. Well, the story we're about to share with you guys today, we're just going to jump in and talk about, you know, how we met, um, how we came to be through a pretty traumatic trauma that we went through mm-hmm. together. And ended up, you know, falling in love through it. But, um, yeah, uh, we, to, like, get into it, you know, we had ex-wives. We were married previously. And so on the last take that we did, the um, episode was riddled with their names. <laughs> and then we are like, let's not use Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe we should. <laughs> Maybe we should try to disguise a little bit. Yeah. 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 Um, so let me ask, I want to ask you though, like this to get here, it's Mm. been a journey, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. there's, um, we've now been together for a little over a year and a half. Mm -hmm. We just recently got engaged. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You got a beautiful rock on your Mm -hmm. finger. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I want to talk about how we got here. Um, and I know it's been more of a process for you as far as getting to the point that you felt ready to be this vulnerable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, um, excited about doing it from <laughs> a year ago, but knowing yeah. that we needed more time to kind of heal and recover. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to ask you, like, what was it that brought you to the point where you're like, okay, now I'm ready? Yeah. Um, I mean, Right up front, I felt the need to wait to share this story, to do this podcast, um, because everything felt like an open wound mm-hmm. uh, where emotions were fluctuating every hmm. five seconds. And one moment I'm, you know, feeling just immense grief, anger, yeah, rage, um, and then feeling just joyful grateful Hmm. you know 
um, just mm. kind of all over the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I wanted more perspective. I wanted some more perspective with what I had moved through, what we w- had moved through. And, um, you know, as you and I were building and creating a relationship together, I also felt the need to protect that. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It just felt so vulnerable to go in and share this story uh, while we were so new. Yeah. Um, so I think I wanted to give all of that some space as well to yeah. breathe. Um, but also just I mean, after moving through trauma, after moving through that kind of experience, um, there is also a level of uh, will I be believed in my story um, and a lot of protections that I set up against um, or a lot of protections for myself that I set up um, with my ex-wife. Yeah. And L. Yeah. L, who who <laughs> shall be referred to as L, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it felt too soon to vulnerably share these things, knowing that she could listen, could mm-hmm. be listening right now. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah. D- I I want to honor that process that you went through. It was as you know, it was hard for me because I'm like, let's go. You are an action taker. You know? Yeah, I mean, we're different in those ways, and I think we're good for each other. Like, you help slow me down and mm-hmm. pay attention and be present. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that yeah. part of you, the part of mm-hmm. you that wants to take action and mm-hmm. is ready to get shit done. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 what I feel like I, I just have such a hard time stepping into, mm-hmm. even outside of grief and trauma. That's yeah. hard yeah. for me. And so... Yeah, I think we process grief so differently in Mm -hmm. the way we have approached it like you you want to like schedule like if you know that a year ago or two years ago on this date Mm -hmm. something happened you plan for it Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. okay I'm clearing my schedule I'm gonna journal I'm gonna light a candle I'm gonna meet with my therapist whatever you have to do yeah I I know that those dates are big for me Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. in you know, my history, whenever a significant date has rolled around, it's common for me to feel big things on that day. Yeah. Um, even if I'm not thinking of that specific event or what happened, um, our body holds on to these memories. But yours quite a bit Yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> you remember very specific dates. Like you had to remind me that, you know, Oh, you were like, oh, a year ago, like this last month, you got divorced. I'm like, really? That's a significant (laughs) date, though, I would like to say. That's not a minor thing. I just, I mean, that shows the extreme of like, I mean, I knew that it had been around a year. Yeah. But I had no idea what day it was. Dates dates matter to me. And I feel the need to be present with, um, I want to give space create space in my life to be with those hard things that come up or, or beautiful things, you know, to celebrate it in some way. And even the hard things celebrate that too, mm-hmm. to a degree. But I, it's I a matter of honoring. love that about you. Mm-hmm. You really honor things and, and mm-hmm. it's precious and you give attention to it. Mm-hmm. And I just like put all my energy into and grief mm-hmm. that I'm experiencing internally into this like let's get stuff done let's create let's build you know movement yeah Mm -hmm. I remember that um the day after 
my ex-wife H um, asked for, told me that she wanted a divorce, um, which, you know, we'll jump into. I mean, it was devastating and very debilitating to move through. Um, but I, for some reason, remember um, for years, I've really been fixated on relationships, mm-hmm. um, how to make them work, how to repair them. I mean, and this is going to be a big part of our podcast, right, you know, yeah. is around relationship work. We're going to start with our story to give context, but then we're going to jump into doing couple sessions on the show. We're mm-hmm. going to have conversations about, you know, how we showed up in relationships, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. how we show up now versus in our previous marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember the day after um, on my phone, the screensaver was a picture of my ex-wife, H, and our dog at the time. Mm-hmm. And I took it off the day after I took it off and I put a picture of this icon for me, Esther Perel. <laughs> um, mm. If you don't know her, please go listen to where should we begin? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just had this fixation, this clarity. I'm going to be one of the best, one of the best mm-hmm. in this field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just went all in. Mm-hmm. I mean, with within a year, built a six-figure business. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I, you know, I work full-time mm-hmm. doing what I love. And there's something about that grief that just, like, w- Inspired you know, that. Motivated it. Yeah, it's the way that I move through it, mm-hmm. you know. But, mm-hmm. yeah. But I would just go back on what you were saying, Ash. I think we have been hesitant to jump into this because... Um, we've been hesitant to share our story because our experience could be different than what the others, you know, that were involved would say, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but all we can do is, you know, share our story and hope that it reaches or helps other people that Mm -hmm. were in our position, Mm -hmm. um, and save them. Yeah. That Mm -hmm. might be there now. Yeah. Experiencing some of these things, Mm -hmm. there might be parts of the story that we share, uh, that resonates with yeah. somebody and yeah. they think and you know in this as we go through and share this story I would say that I'm not a therapist I am trained in a therapeutic model in pack mm-hmm. therapy and that's what I do couples therapy through is a psychobiological approach to couples therapy I didn't know that while I was in that my previous marriage with H the, the mental health struggles that that she was dealing with mm-hmm. um um, I'm saying that I'm not a therapist because I can't diagnose her to get, seek therapy ourselves for being in such a toxic mm-hmm. relationship where there was very big markers for mental health mm-hmm. um, instabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we're talking about these things and we throw out terms that we, you know, you and I have gone back and forth with trying right. to diagnose, you right. know, air make quotes, meaning. make meaning out of it, yeah. you know. So I just want to say, like, for the parts of them that struggle with that, mm-hmm. I don't, I've been hesitant because I don't want to make people feel worse. I don't know if they'll listen to this. The point is not for them right. to hear it or not, but I want to be able to share our story mm-hmm. without fear of what someone else will say. Mm-hmm. This is our story to share, mm-hmm. and I hope that it helps or reaches other people. And I love that I get to do it with you, mm. have this conversation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What yeah. are you thinking? No, I, I just, I love that you shared mm-hmm. that and kind of mm-hmm. created some distance there around, you know, we, 
cannot diagnose anybody. Yeah. You know, anything that we, we say about our experience of our exes is purely from, um, again, our own lived experience and our own research that we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a trained somatic practitioner, but that doesn't give me... Yeah, you are. <laughs> that doesn't give me any uh, sort of... Yeah. Um, yeah, license to do that, but but we're gonna give our opinion on things and share our experience. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, Let's we are. jump into it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, this is, I mean, a way that we, for me anyway, mm. a way that we are also reclaiming our mm. own voices and our own power in um, what was taken through mm. that experience. Yeah. And so this is also well that said. for me. Good. Ah. Yeah. Oh. Well, let's let's jump into it then. We um, do you want to kind of give the framework of how because you met H first, my ex-wife, right? Mm-hmm. You guys established a relationship. Your ex-wife L, mm-hmm. you know, you guys met um, her first. So, do you want to kind of give some context to how it even started the relationship? Yeah. So, um, just for for those who like dates, <laughs> I love I'm a date person. If you haven't already picked that up. Um, so this is right around, you know, when, when COVID hit here in the U.S. L and I were living in Oklahoma City at the time. And uh, you and your ex-wife, Dawn, you guys were in St. Louis. Yeah. Um, so your ex-wife, H, she had started a Facebook um, group, like a support group. Mm. essentially for Mm -hmm. queer couples um, who are married and have unsupportive family. Mm -hmm. And so this is mid COVID, right? We're already social distancing. (laughs) We're not seeing friends pretty, you know, we are working from home in the house. Uh, So we were looking for ways for, you know, to have connection. Um, And we had moved through some issues earlier that year um, with specifically with our with unsupportive family um, on Elle's side. And so she was um, particularly the one who was struggling mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we find this group. I come across this group, and I thought, oh, this is amazing, mm-hmm. you know, a w- way that we can kind of plug in, have support. Um, and a married couple was moderating this group, mm-hmm. running this group. Mm-hmm. Um, you and your ex, mm-hmm. as it appeared. Um, so yeah, I suggest let's join this group. We did. Little did I know that that <laughs> <laughs> suggestion of joining this group was going to lead mm-hmm. to everything it did. But um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we joined it. You have a very pleasant voice. Wow, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and from my side of things, mm-hmm. I was. Um, H and I, my ex-wife, my wife at the time, mm-hmm. we were um, working towards um, doing couples work full time right. um, together. Um, we had started that that previous year doing couples work on the side. Um, and so we had started a podcast um, talking about, you know, the hardship or, and the complexities of marriage. Um, and so we were we were using different platforms to reach and support other queer couples and so she ended up starting that Facebook page. Um, she put me as an administrator, or, yeah. um, but I wasn't involved with it at all, which wasn't a big deal at the time. Sure. We, we both tried different things. Um, but I remember she told me um, that she was doing this like event 
um, this creative event. Um, and she re- ended up, um, I was at work at the time. Um, I was a private caregiver to this mm-hmm. elderly couple, um, mm-hmm. which I really loved them. <laughs> and um, the, um, I remember she had this event, like this Zoom event, and you, you two were the only ones that showed up to it, right? Yeah, yeah. She had posted on this on the support group that she wanted to do some sort of creative thing, creative project, um, and wanted some ideas. She Mm. just wanted to brainstorm. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was like, Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. That's an exciting thing to do. We (laughs) could, we could help with that. So yeah, we, we said, yes. Um, thought that we would be arriving to that zoom Mm. meeting with, you know, other people from the group, um, and meeting you two. You thought you the group was represented by another gay couple that would be right hosting, but yeah. when you got there, it was just H. Yeah, it was just her, um, which was fine, you mm-hmm. know, no big deal. She sure. said you were at work, you had to work or whatever, and mm-hmm. I was like, cool. Yeah, and but yeah, it wound up just being the three of us, um, which was kind of surprising, but that was kind of a marker for you, like where you were like, huh, okay, I like thought. a very light, yeah, it's just light. enough for mm-hmm. me to be to be like, oh, interesting, yeah, you know, yeah, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, we, the three of us, we ended up talking very little about the project, <laughs> if, if at all, and ended up, you know, hitting it off. You know, we really enjoyed each other, had great conversation, mm-hmm. um, and then talked about having another like doing this again Mm -hmm. you know hopping on zoom and and connecting again maybe in a week or so which Mm -hmm. we did yeah um but yeah yeah and um I remember that that evening that Mm -hmm. she had had that event Mm -hmm. uh, my ex-wife um she called me at work and I remember she was so excited she said Dawn I think Mm -hmm. I just met my best friends Mm. And I remember that phrase so vividly, like she was so excited Mm. and I was genuinely happy for her because, you know, we had just moved to a new city for the year and, um, she was, um, kind of in this place of assessing her friendships and the kind of friends she wanted in her life. And so there was this loneliness, you know, Mm -hmm. and she wanted community and so when she connected with you two, I was so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I just remember her being like, you know, she was she was just really happy. She was like, wow, I found my best friends. Mm-hmm. So um, pretty quickly things became intense mm. um, from observing her. She, um, she was always obsessive with her phone. That was just her personality. It was very obsessive about whatever she'd become interested in, she would like fixate and mm. perseverate on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was never threatening to me because most of the time it was based upon um, celebrities or mm. someone not Distant, you know, accessible like characters. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so within like two to three weeks, I don't know, you know, the outline, but um, I was, I, I needed to check in with her because the obsession with her phone became this place where I couldn't access her in the Mm -hmm. same way she would be in the room, but I could see I couldn't really reach her. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she was dropping me off at work um, one day and I, she was driving. She, I was in the passenger seat and I said, can you just assure me that Mm -hmm. everything is okay here? Mm -hmm. I said, the intensity just feels like a question mark. I just want to know everything's good. Mm. And she was like very firm. And she's like, absolutely. It makes sense, you know? And, 
she said, you know, it's just the novelty of a new friendship that's mm. so exciting. Mm. And, but, you know, she was like, thanks for asking me. Yeah. And I felt relieved. Like, yeah. throughout our entire marriage, I mean, you and I have a different, um, different element as far as what we were managing in that moment because mm. you had been through in your previous marriage with Elle previous affairs and infidelities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. throughout your marriage throughout your relationship right. I had never had that mm-hmm. with H it was just like I trusted her right uh, that I mean as far as I know I don't know if there were others but as far as I know mm-hmm. that was the first one so as soon as she assured me mm-hmm. I was du- I was good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know yeah but that changed <laughs> 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 yeah yeah and for me yeah you're you're right we Elle and I had been through infidelity before where mm. um you know we were together for seven years a little over seven years married for just over one mm. and you know at the beginning of that seven-year relationship um for about the first two years there mm. were two specific um cases of her cheating um mm. And then, yeah, oh, it gosh. ended with her cheating. Wow. Yeah. And, and there were a couple of years, you know, in between where that didn't happen, where I really, um, where we got to a better place or it felt like we got to a better place where uh, we could start developing trust in our mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. Um, and where it seemed like that was actually something that was of significance to her, mm-hmm. that it mattered to her mm-hmm. um, to actually... Um, hold to our agreement of being monogamous yeah (laughs) can I Um, ask you um I mean I can relate with identifying like who I was in my previous marriage mm -hmm. a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. I am not the same person there's something about going through that level of grief that level of betrayal Mm -hmm. that develops you Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and um as I know you now, mm-hmm. there's zero percent chance that you would tolerate <laughs> any behavior yeah. that is even flirtatious. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, you're not like rigid or yeah. like really controlling at all, but mm-hmm. you have a voice like, it, and a boundary that you're very clear on that we both do. Um, yeah. So what made you stay after she continued to show you that she wasn't trustworthy? Mm. I mean, it wasn't just her continuing to show me that she's not trustworthy. There was also um, a level of gaslighting mm. that right was going from on beginning. from the beginning of the relationship mm. um, where, you know, I would share my experience or ask her, you know, is this happening? Is this going on? Is, th- is this friendship more than what it appears to be? Mm. And um, I would say this feels like this to me. I'm and she would say, no, mm. you're crazy. Or no, that's ridiculous. Why would you ever think that? Or no, mm. you know, she Gosh. calls me bro. Why would the, mm. why <laughs> she calls me bro? And so <laughs> why would I ever, you know, why would that ever become anything more than mm. that? Um, and so. Do you want to define the best of your ability gaslighting for everyone? Yeah. I mean, gaslighting is when you have somebody who's trying to convince you that what you believe to be true is not that Mm -hmm. your reality is not, is not right. Mm -hmm. Um, that whatever they have to say, whatever they want to feed you, that's correct. Mm -hmm. That's, this is the real thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was a level of gaslighting, manipulation, betrayal. Um, and also, you know, just our arguments in general, whenever we would experience conflict with one another is my first, my very first time being in relationship with somebody who would get really big. Um, and when I say really big, I mean like tantrums, hmm. like, yelling even screaming wow uh, slamming the door going Mm. to their you know room getting underneath the covers you know and just barricading themselves and I would be frozen Mm. frozen just not knowing how to move through that and so you know part of what kept me around was um gosh and you said I remember you telling me like you had never experienced that level of treatment or behavior like your parents are like very close really good mm-hmm. relationship not perfection no not perfection by any means the but model that you had mm-hmm. was like not representative the, of that uh, yeah and so that it was shocking to your system mm-hmm. to experience and mm-hmm. how do you even know how to respond sorry i know i cut you off but i feel like that that really stood out to me when you said that to me yeah and i think mm-hmm. you know you don't for me and my experience, I didn't know how to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, and my body went straight to, to freeze mm. in most cases where mm. it just, I, I, I literally felt immobile, wow. immobilized. Mm. And, um, you know, then I didn't register that. Now I see that because I'm aware of what's happening in right. my body, but there, there was the separation from my body at mm. the time. Um, and I really wanted this relationship to work. You know, that's part of the reason why I stuck around in it. I really wanted it to work yeah. because um, Elle was my catalyst. Mm. Uh, I met I met her while I was still married to my ex-husband. Mm-hmm. And um, so hmm. part of her and I's relationship and the way it developed came from um, wow. leaving my marriage, coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was very tied to, you know, I want this to work. It's loaded. I, not just I want it, I need it to work. Yeah. I need it to work. Well, I had lost you friends. Had lost, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had lost friends through it, community through church. Mm-hmm. Um, it was tied into all of that. Yeah. And so it felt necessary for my survival. Wow. And which mm. sounds, you know, ridiculous just saying that, but on a body level, that's what was happening. Mm. Um, but aside from feeling like this has to work, um, mm. you know, whenever you move through, um, being gaslit, being manipulated, it feels like you just don't know. You don't know what's true. You don't know what to believe. You don't know mm. what's right or wrong. Yeah. And this is coming from your primary partner. The person you love, trust, and depend on should be able to the most. Mm-hmm. This isn't some friend like in the way that our right. brains attach to that primary partner mm-hmm. i mean if we'll, we will get into attachment theory and how it plays out in relationship mm-hmm. but that's a huge piece that we can't ignore right you know right so mm-hmm. yeah i mean that that is why i stuck around yeah i felt like i i needed it mm-hmm. to work yeah no it uh, makes sense and mm-hmm. i also don't want to just completely skip over the fact that I did love her and cared about her and um, I was invested mm-hmm. emotionally, yeah. spiritually, physically. Yeah. We both say that we would have stayed in it. Oh, yeah. With with the awareness and understanding we had at that time. With what the information that we had, yes. We would have stayed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think part of that for me is being raised, you know, I was raised Mormon and up until 17, 18 and then I ended up 
um, leaving Mormonism and going pr- directly into a non-denominational, um, um, like college-age Bible school. Yeah. Um, but my whole like up until thirty, um, I I was raised with this belief system mm-hmm. on you know you get married and you stay married. Mm-hmm. You know you move through mm-hmm. the hard things. You, uh, um, and and to really carry this level of humility mm-hmm. in your in your marriage with your partner mm. um the one of the problems was that um you know quickly because of the state that we both entered the relationship under there was little to no support so mm-hmm. we're instantly isolated mm-hmm. and so now a relationship that can develop over time where you get to know each other and you have that dating period, mm-hmm. it's, um, the volume's turned up, the intensity is, you know, um, yeah, it when pushes you, have support, you towards each other. Yeah, when you have support, it mm-hmm. allows you more freedom to, mm-hmm. to take a step back, right, and yeah. be with, like, mm-hmm. do I actually enjoy my time with this person? Yeah. And, you know, that's not the only factor, but right. support makes a huge difference. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I think H would agree with me. I, um, I don't think we would have gotten married if we would have had more time to slow down, Mm. to get to know each other. Mm -hmm. Um, I know for myself, I absolutely wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. Um, But, okay, we're kind of, (laughs) we we do this. (laughs) Um, But I will say, I do not regret my time with her. No. I am so grateful for that time. Mm -hmm. And, I really believe you and I have talked about this a lot. If I hadn't have gone through that, mm-hmm. I would not be the partner I am today. Absolutely not. I had I not gone through that experience, I wouldn't be. I, I mean, I, I am embodied now. I have mm-hmm. a voice now. Mm-hmm. I know what I am and am not willing to take. Yes. Now. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm looking for. Yeah. Me. It. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You. But. Mm-hmm moving through that experience and moving through that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I, I don't regret that I experienced and, and had that relationship. It doesn't mean that there are not regrets within it. Absolutely. That's, that's not the same. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's healthy, yeah. very healthy to have regret. Right. And still, Oh yeah. And still just be okay with where things are now. Right. Yeah. To be able to look back and reflect and say, okay, I fucked up there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but no, say, I agree. I'm grateful for it yeah. at the same time. Oh, absolutely. Like mm-hmm. both can exist. You know, in a, a lot of ways I was a shit show, mm. you know, when I got married and I, I was raised just as an example mm. of something H had to deal with, um, was I was raised in a Mormon home where a woman was raised to be a mom, mm-hmm. a, a to manage the home, to mm-hmm. have kids, to manage social life. I was not encouraged to get an education, mm-hmm. um, to develop myself or a craft that I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I got married, I instantly went into that mode. Mm-hmm. I, I think I don't think I realized to the degree that I embodied that role, mm-hmm. how important it was to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when H wanted me to get a job, I was like, I, it made me spin. I really, really struggled. Mm. And, um, you're like, I'm over here 
being a homemaker man <laughs> and we didn't have kids we didn't have animals and i'm like look i'm gonna watch the home i'm gonna eat some bonbons <laughs> and just make sure no one breaks into our beautiful place i i felt like i was gonna do the grocery shopping and make the dinner and wow. make sure the house was clean you guys didn't and have conversation around that before you got married no um no and one part of me that was definitely developed throughout that time I don't feel like you can hide who you are in a marriage no it doesn't work you can try yeah but I had this idea of who I was and I wanted I mean I wanted her to think I was like great and sure. love me yeah. you know and so um I think I I don't I didn't represent myself in a that's that's one piece that if we would have had longer mm -hmm. time it would have been exposed like I would have been um and you know part of it is you don't know until you're in that state until you're committed mm -hmm. and then those things because you know I study um and you know, come from more of a science-based approach to couples therapy where we study the brain, how it responds to threat and connection within right. that primary relationship. Right. So what we know now is that we think, oh, once I have a ring on my finger or, you know, a baby or we, ha we get married, I'm going to feel more secure, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. we know now it actually creates more threat mm -hmm. to the nervous system. Mm -hmm. And then all those belief systems and attachment styles come to life oh yeah they're like i'm here to play and now. you have two <laughs> histories that come together mm -hmm. and it just doesn't play out the same mm -hmm. as which when you're dating mm -hmm. but so some of it we just didn't know until we were in that state but like i really struggled to have to show up as an equal provider mm -hmm. and it took me a long time and i would be i would be um, fickle but i really thought i was giving my best mm -hmm. and it wasn't till probably the last year we were together that i got it like mm. it really, I saw what I was doing to her mm. and, um, I don't know why it brings up like some emotion mm. in me, but, um, I, I really, I really got it. And I started to like change and like be consistent and get mm. job and my, um, it's kind of comical, but because of COVID she wasn't working as much mm. or she wasn't able to her hours were more inconsistent because of COVID. She worked in healthcare. Um, and so my job ended up being supportive for us. Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting her a job part-time with what I was doing on top of what she was, the hours she was missing. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's one thing that really hurt was that I believe that um, we accept each other's hard parts and we trust each other mm -hmm. to own it and to develop and to grow. Mm -hmm. But there was no space for that. Mm. There was this money for her is the, is, is her trigger because yeah. of how she was raised. Mm -hmm. um, I know I'm kind of going off here and I want to get back to our story, <laughs> but yeah. Um, when it came to money, that was our Achilles in marriage but because I went through that with her and because she created so much chaos with anxiety and stress and I wasn't showing up in what she needed you know now I am like you are getting a different version mm -hmm. that she never experienced mm -hmm. in that area mm -hmm. like if anything I failed in that area 100% mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you know but now because I went through it I don't want to ever deal with that yeah. world again but now I've got this frame mm. that you now experience you know yeah 
What's it like for you, um, just as you were moving through that, yeah. I just have this come up, but what's yeah. it like for you to know that you were in a marriage and in a mm-hmm. relationship with somebody where you both did couples work and had this big principle around um, each other's hard parts? You know, that wasn't just your principle. That wasn't just your belief. Mm-hmm. It was a shared belief between the two of you. So what's it like for you to know that you both did that um, and held those beliefs and yet when it came to your hard parts, Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. that she just, what sounds like, dropped you? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why the betrayal, the affair was so shockingly, like, it it felt like it came out of nowhere. Like Mm -hmm. I was, you know, side punched. Yeah. Um. I His expectation is that she shows up. I honestly thought we were had this uh, understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I th- thought we had acted out, you know, of our throughout our relationship. So it I think I'm still processing it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in some ways. Mm-hmm. And that's why with us, I feel like we have so much conversation around <laughs> it, you know, yeah, because we, we both want to be clear yeah. about it. Yeah. And, and you're so good at assuring me mm-hmm. in those things. And you're so consistent. Like H would say the things that she thought I wanted to hear what mm-hmm. the right things were. But then when things got hard, she didn't like, it didn't go well. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be used against me mm-hmm. when I thought we had had a conversation and we were on the same page. Um, like um, there was a year that she offered like, I don't know what it was four months to six months of like, you know, really encouraging me to take time off of working and to really go after, um, education in this area mm-hmm. of, of relationships that I really wanted. Um, but I didn't know that that would actually become the thing she resented about me mm-hmm. for years mm-hmm. that never, that mm-hmm. never settled, mm-hmm. you know? So she would say one thing, but then when it came down to it, that's not really how yeah. it played out. And that's, that's how those little moments, that's how I didn't know. I didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. You want to go back to the story? You met them through the, through the Facebook, through the page. Facebook page. Yeah. I checked in with H mm-hmm. um, to see if everything was good. I was getting a little worried how invested she was in this new best, these right. new best friends, right. right? This is where things take a turn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, um, at yeah. this point, where yes. were you in the involvement? How aware of you were, were you with the interactions that they had going on? Yeah. So within the first, you know, two weeks, it really, you know, it was, you know, we had the zoom meeting. We did a second zoom meeting the set the following week. Um, and, and we had, you know, we started like a group text, I think right around that, you know, hmm. after a week, two weeks. Um, but then it shifted to um, L and H having their own conversation um, at some point. Um, and I got to tell you, I don't recall if um, they started having their own conversation, if it was before our Zoom call or mm-hmm. after. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Um, what I do recall is you know, they connected over a specific trauma in the Facebook group and then proceeded to have further conversation about that 
in Facebook DMs. And Elle was, you know, pretty forthcoming with me in that whole interaction and saying, hey, just so you know, um, this woman, H and I, we've connected and we're talking in DMs. You are more than welcome to see it, you know, if you want to. And I remember saying no. Like, and I truly felt comfortable with saying no. It didn't feel like I had to say no. Mm. Um, and it was also interesting because that wasn't a common dynamic between us. Her offering her phone over to say, hey, if you want to read this, you know, just if you hmm. call nerves or whatever, <laughs> that w- didn't happen. And so mm. it was really interesting <laughs> that she even offered. But I said, no, I think it's, you know, great. You're connecting and um, hmm. having somebody who, who gets you on that level um, with this thing. But Okay, so you were aware that it was, it went from a group to an individual yeah, and again, I don't rem- I don't recall if that was before or after okay. we had the group call. I think it was before actually. They just had this their own connection okay. through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but after our group call, at some point, you know, after that, they also connected on Instagram, um, and then they ended up having their own personal text mm-hmm. thread outside of our group thread. Um, which, you know, in all honesty, I felt I, I, it raised a little bit of a flag for me. Like, this is interesting. I think in part because the friendship in itself was new to me. Um, becoming friends as a couple with somebody else who is also married. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, you know, we when Elle and I would have, you know, create new friendships with other couples, we would, you know, become friends with the couple. You know, not just one of them. And so it was just different for me. Um, But I chose, intentionally chose to just, you know, kind of step back from analyzing it and thinking this is too strange or weird. Mm -hmm. um, And just consider it a new experience. Hmm. Um, Elle and I, right around that time, literally right before H walked into the picture, um, right around that time started having conversation around you know, what is it like to love each other really well? Hmm. We were listening to a lot of Esther Perel yeah. at the time, started listening to Dan Savage. You know, we were home more. And so we started listening to all these podcasts mm-hmm. um, for some sense of community, I think. Um, and you were listening to our podcasts. Yeah. After I after we found your Facebook you know, group, then we realized you guys had a podcast too. And so then we listened to the podcast as well. That's crazy that you heard my voice before yeah. you had ever met me. Yeah. You didn't know that the voice you were listening to would be your future wife. Uh, I know. That's wild. <laughs> it's really wild. <laughs> it truly is. But yeah. Um, so yeah, they started having more conversation on their own. And, um, I recall feeling, um, just uh, more and more, um, I, w- I just became more and more aware of how preoccupied Elle had become with her phone. Hmm. Um, this was probably like, you know, th- t- about two, three weeks in hmm. to, to knowing hmm. her. Um, and then the other thing that stood out to me, which I'm not sure if I already said this, <laughs> I may have, <laughs> was just that you were nowhere to be seen. Um, that, yeah. that, from the information I was given from H was that, you know, you were just, you know, you were less 
engaging. Like mm. you, you, you weren't as inclined to engage with mm-hmm. H's friends. You didn't right. like H's friends, um, which I just is is wild to me <laughs> because I mean. I think you you even commented like when we were first getting to know each other talking on the phone. You were in Oklahoma, I was in Oregon. Mm-hmm. You, I'd be out on a hike, walking in the mountains, and you would hear me like pause and mm-hmm. like greet people passing me, yes. or, or just say hi or engage with their yeah. dog. Yeah, and you were like, "Oh, this is different." Oh my gosh, I remember telling you, like yeah. pointing it out, like <laughs> I have got to tell you. It was so strange because. I had come to believe that you were this closed off person who just wasn't, you know, you didn't really engage with people. You, you just, I don't know, like kept more so to yourself. You were, it seemed like you were kind of this grumpy, <laughs> grumpy gilly, who just, <laughs> you know, and then I, I got to know you and after, you know, post-divorce obviously, mm-hmm. but um, post-divorce and you were just this incredible person i i thought she's so nice and kind and open to talking to people and you ask people questions and you want to get to know them and it was just so contrary to what i was told who you were yeah i mean what was happening in that with that dynamic with what h was doing um is is she was creating ice she was isolating right you and then me over here right and so by saying this is how donna is (laughs) yes donna doesn't actually care about my friends donna is actually less engaged donna is critical of me she she really made you out to be um the the biggest thing i got was um whoa i feel like when i said biggest it was like boom uh i mean it i mean it um but the, the the biggest thing I picked up from her was that you really seemed like a mom in her life. Like me. Yeah. Like you were the mom in her mm. life who didn't like the friends she hung out with mm. and got to check in with mom to see if my mm. friends can come over and, mm. and play. Like it really seemed childlike with her mm. and I didn't recognize it as that at the time. Mm. Only in retrospect now do I see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I felt I felt that mm-hmm. in that time. I remember feeling mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And had I been in communication with my body and aware of, you know, what was happening, yeah. um, I think I would have definitely spotted that or at least made the decision to maybe back away yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that's not the place I was in. So Yeah. Wow. And, and, and on top of that, mm-hmm. I will also say that anytime I questioned to my ex-wife, Elle, you know, isn't it strange that, you know, we, we don't, we haven't met Dawn, Mm, mm -hmm. you know, isn't it interesting that H is the only one or isn't it weird that, Mm. you know, Dawn seems to be uh, resistant Mm. to, you know, us maybe like visiting one day or, you know, connecting and, and she would always put, you know, blow it off as, Oh, it's not that weird. Like Mm. some couples, you know, this is just what it is and (laughs) don't be so, you know, don't don't have to analyze it Mm. or, you know, Mm And so she really minimized it hmm. uh, whenever I brought it up and said, this feels off. It was, no, it's not. Yeah. This is not weird. And so it was in part me trying to live into this big conversation we had just had around how to love each other really well. And, you know, in what ways are we being codependent, which Ooh, that's just another conversation. <laughs> that's a different day. Yeah. Hmm. And um, during that conversation, a huge, which, 
yeah, just a big, a big part of this, um, was during that conversation right before H came into the picture, um, was the conversation somehow meandered into, um, how we can love each other in a more free way mm-hmm. that, you know, there's freedom in love. You know, we don't grip onto love with a closed fist, mm-hmm. you know, we hold it in the palm of our hand and I didn't want her to feel like I was smothering her, you know, and that had become a theme throughout a relationship because mm-hmm. of the infidelity that had happened early on. Mm-hmm. And so there was a rupture in trust between us from the get go, mm-hmm. you know, within mm-hmm. those first two years. Yeah. Um, and kind of a, a price she had to pay if she wanted to stay in the relationship moving forward, right? When there is infidelity, right? You don't just, it's not like trust is just reestablished, mm-hmm. you know, all right, I'm going to trust you and it's going to be fine moving forward. Mm-hmm. You can't, there's a price that the person who committed the infidelity, right? That they pay moving forward, yeah. right? They're kind of yeah. in the doghouse for a while. I mean, I feel like there's so many with what you're with what you're going over. It's like bringing up all these other avenues that I'm like, oh, my my gosh. gosh. Yeah, I know. I'm like, they're so (laughs) turning down every which avenue. Oh, okay. I I know where I was headed with that. Thank you for talking so that I could bridge my way back. (laughs) Um, So, you know, there was a theme of her feeling like I was smothering her throughout Mm -hmm. the relationship Mm -hmm. because of, you know, how it had started. Hmm. Um, which, you know, agree to disagree at this point over whether or not I she was created smothering. her own suffering, but, yeah. um, you know, I really wanted her to feel that she had this freedom and, you know, that she didn't feel like I was holding on, gripping on so tightly. And somehow the conversation evolved into her asking a question around how I would feel about, um, our relationship not being not 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 being monogamous but about you know maybe there being a a fling like with a third Mm. you know years down the line Mm -hmm. years down the line and um that's the first time in seven years of being together right Mm -hmm. and we're like almost a year into marriage at this point where another person coming into our relationship was ever brought up that is the one of the moments that the manipulation was was allowed in. She's testing to see yeah, how I, far can I get this. I really when felt she knew she was exp- she was specifically mm-hmm. referring to mm-hmm. age mm-hmm. or trying because to get to that. They they had already kind of yeah. like met at that point. Th- this was pre Zoom call, but after we'd already been introduced to the group. Oh, okay, does that make sense? Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to catch up so with up it. Here. So, okay. For, so this is where everything shifted big time. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure like on your end, what the, what things look like, but, um, for me, I had asked H, is there something going on here? She had assured me no. Mm-hmm. And then pretty soon within that week, if mm-hmm. not a couple of days later, um, H and I had an agreement that, we knew we were human, and because of that, we're going to be drawn to other people, mm-hmm, right? Our love, mm-hmm. that's not just isolated to one person. We we practice, mm-hmm. you know, monogamy. We practice, you know, and that's a value that I have and that she communicated she mm-hmm. had. Um, and for us, that worked for our relationship. Mm-hmm. 
And so we had an agreement that if you did find yourself being drawn to someone else, Mm -hmm. that you would share it with the other. And then there would be boundaries in an agreement with, okay, how do we adjust here to keep the relationship, our marriage, which was, should have been the priority safe. Um, so when H called me, um, I remember so distinctly where I was, I was getting ready to go to the gym, um, she said, hey, I need to tell you something. Um, and and she continued to tell me that she had been messaging with Elle. Mm-hmm. And she could pick up on this tension, this sexual energy. Mm-hmm. And she felt worried that if they continue down that, wh- that road, they had knocked down. Her analogy was they had knocked down one to two dominoes. And she didn't want to knock down the whole row mm-hmm. of dominoes mm-hmm. if they continued that they would that so but if i remember correctly mm. you sharing with me that yeah. if they continued down the path they were going mm-hmm. it would end up in an affair yeah that's what i assumed which okay. she was referring oh, okay. to yeah. like knocking down the you know the whole thing of dominoes okay, yeah and um so what she did was she contacted l to tell her hey you know, I feel this energy, this tension between us, and it can't continue. Mm-hmm. I want this relationship with my wife. Um, and she contacted Elle before she told you Before that. she told me. So yeah. she's telling me, hey, Dawn, I want you to know that this was coming up for me, and I contacted her and said this can't continue. Yeah, so you found out after they had that conversation. Yeah. right? Okay, so this, that was the first, like, gut bomb big red flag to right. me one you do not call the person <laughs> that you are having feelings for and confirm your feelings and you don't know where they are and also this person is also married right so you're fucking with two, pe- two like multiple lives at right. this point right so and at, and from what you've told me about your ex about l is the forbidden is the thrill Oh, yeah. It's the chase. It is a game. It's a yeah. chase. It's like dangling red meat. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. for H to call her and confirm, yes, I have feelings, but this can't happen. This can't. Oh, yeah. Dropping the the feelings are here. Yeah. The tension is here, mm-hmm. but this can't happen. That's right. a, okay. Yeah. Game on. Right. Yeah. So she calls and tells me this, and I felt like... I I felt like she had told me she had just slept with someone. Sure. It felt like this deep, deep betrayal. Well, it was a betrayal. Yeah. It was a betrayal. The agreement between the two of you is that if anything comes up, we let each other know. Yeah. Like, which she did, but not until she... Post. Not until... Yeah. She went to right. somebody else yeah. first. And yeah. within our agreement, the relationship is number one, was right. supposed to be number one. Sure. Where you share things with, with each other first. You don't go outside to the person that you're attracted to and share that. So then she proceeded to tell me, I don't want to lose this friendship. These people are, and she kept saying you guys, both yeah, of you, right? Yeah. You two were in on it. You were aware of, you were, you were open to this idea of, I don't know, we can go into that later, but, <laughs> um, basically that you were aware of what was going on, mm-hmm. um, and that she wanted to continue the friendship. Mm-hmm. But we had a conversation around, okay, what would it have to look like? Mm-hmm. for? And I felt like I was shocked that it was even an option for to her continue to the continue friendship. the friendship. Right. 
um, after her crossing so many lines, mm-hmm. big lines. Um, and so I ended up, you know, saying like, okay, well, no individual texts, like it has to stay as a group. Um, and, um, I don't know if it was th- that night or the night after, but she, um, we were sitting together and she ended up, um, I asked her, she, I asked her, she offered it to me to look at their texts between them, Ella and her, um, the text messaging. And, um, I will say that, you know, your state, your emotional state does drive memory. Right. So I was not, I was in a very big emotional, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, state. And, um, so what I remember was reading the text messages and L not backing off Mm -hmm. her something about like, how am I supposed to not think about you? Or I can't stop thinking about you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is over. Mm-hmm. Like I never gave an ultimatum ever. Mm-hmm. I just, I really trusted her mm-hmm. to choose our marriage, mm. but, um, her intensity around this friendship being the friendship that she has to have. Mm-hmm. And she's willing to surrender it for a marriage, but she doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. And so for the next, I don't know how many weeks until you guys ended up coming to St. Louis for us to meet you. Mm-hmm was this battle, this push and pull for mm-hmm. every day. We were in these whopper arguments back and forth, me trying to pull her back into the marriage mm-hmm. and like into the agreements mm-hmm. and her like gaslighting me, manipulating me to make me believe nothing was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Nothing mm-hmm. was going on. Nothing was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, she wanted you guys to come me us she wanted to meet you mm-hmm. i think she would have preferred to do it alone mm-hmm. um and so we were going back and forth we were actually meeting with our couple therapists at the time um i think we met with her like two to three times in between when that came out the phone call and then you guys coming to st louis yeah um and um eventually um h told me like i've given up so much for you don't make me give up this friendship. They're my best friends. My best friends. Yeah, that's the that's the <laughs> phrase. And so mm. finally, after a while, like I finally just decided to surrender, to trust her. She continued to tell me there was nothing going on. That ultimately, she would choose your marriage. Yeah, ultimately she would choose us. That's which is such an interesting thing. Like, ultimately I'll choose you. Right. The fact... <laughs> The fact that you are so okay with pushing it to the ultimately, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. how far does it have to go for you to ultimately choose me? Right. That's, I, I just find that in and of itself. Oh, it, the whole, it's just, it's just gross. Ultimately, I'll choose you. Why not choose me right now? Right. Yeah. Well, she, yeah, like I said, she would have these obsessions, um, and this was a first time experience for me where our, this person, she was people, she was obsessed with. I, she, she had access to you guys right. in a way that yeah. she didn't with the other obsessions she would have. Like she became just like enamored with Busy Phillips. <laughs> I mean, Busy <laughs> Phillips came out with a, in my opinion, not the most, I like it was a TV show that H had to watch when it came out and mm-hmm. a book she had to read. And then she would just, um, perseverate on her Instagram mm-hmm. until her phone would die. And then she'd get my phone and I'd wake up in the morning to look at my phone and busy Phillips is on my phone. 
I'm like, and you didn't search it. (laughs) And and so it was a new experience all around, you know? So then um, I decided to surrender it. Mm. I'm okay, fine. If this is what you want to do, then Mm. do it. And she had made me feel bad. Like, wow, you've given up all this for me. And now you're asking me to like trust you. Mm. And um, if you knew about the phone call Mm -hmm. about them telling each other, about their feelings Mm -hmm. would you have come to st louis absolutely not we we (laughs) i mean had i known that feelings were you know developing between l and h i would have insisted that that be done right where it was at Mm, um mm -hmm. no absolutely not yeah i I, yeah up until that point um you know when it came up until st louis which we made the trip to St. Louis one month, mm-hmm. just about a month after we had had that first Zoom conversation with H. Um, and I recall, you know, in the two weeks, you know, week, two weeks leading up to St. Louis, um, it being a red light, green light situation mm-hmm. from H. You know, uh, am I going to yeah. get the red light or the green light from mom mm. for my friends to come visit? Mm. That is what it felt like for mm. me. And I, this is a, especially where that volume turned up on me being like, this is weird. Like, mm. why would her wife, you know, resist meeting us? Mm. You know, we've, we've all become friends. And how did you know that it was up to me that I was the one? Because she had said that she needs to check in with you. Mm. She needs to check in with you. You were the one that, you know, need to have conversation. She needed to have conversation with before giving a green light mm-hmm. um you know and i think she she may have had said she may have said something around you know schedules being busy i do not explicitly recall that mm. what i do recall is it being around you know checking in with you to make sure everything yeah. was fine mm-hmm. and i remember getting a text from her saying that she got the green light mm-hmm. and um that part of like the me being motherly or par- parenting yeah that dynamic happens when a relationship no longer is mutual that parent child right dynamic. that parent child dynamic where you know you find a child you'll find a parent vice versa right? right so because h knew that she was crossing these lines she was going outside of our marriage she was breaking the commitment and she knew she was going to do it regardless of what i said right yeah that which is why she in used this, like childlike role yeah you know where where what does a child do they hide yeah and they well, don't hide and they also throw tantrums that dawn yeah how could you do this to me dawn you know after everything much. i've given up yeah. for you yeah yeah they they hide yeah. and they throw tantrums and and one of the biggest things um Esther pearl talks about this but the the only power a child has is to say no Mm. and so she was telling me no i am doing this yeah you know wow yeah and so it did it did put me in this role where i had to you know monitor what was going on because i was picking up that i was not getting the truth yeah and so and i did i got i felt very threatened um but um yeah so so we got the green light to to go Mm -hmm. right and you know the general you know, tone, the, the emotional tone around it was excitement. Mm-hmm. We were very excited to go. And, and I kept saying like, maybe we'll meet Dawn. <laughs> maybe we'll get to meet Dawn now. Maybe we'll get a, get to know her. And mm-hmm. I, I recall, um, not knowing, like, first of all, are we going to, you know, 
I expected we would go to y'all's house, you know, mm-hmm. but it was also during COVID. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if that was going to be cool. And I thought yeah, I was totally open to, well, maybe we might go to a restaurant and meet outside. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, I was very COVID aware mm-hmm. at that time. <laughs> I still am, but I mean, especially It was then. at the beginning when you're like beginning. taking clothes off before you come in oh, the house, yeah. wiping down groceries. Lysoling everything. Yeah. 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 So a lot of, a lot of strange stuff around getting to St. Louis and getting to meet you. And I remember having a conversation with, isn't that weird? Isn't mm-hmm. this strange? Do you think we're going to get to, get to meet Dawn? And she's like, you know, I don't know. I don't know that we'll meet her, mm-hmm. which caused me to be like, well, why don't you think we will? And also, why not? Mm-hmm. You know, this is weird. Why wouldn't she come to the restaurant? And so that's whenever I started, you know, picking up on there's conversation happening that I have not been included in. Mm. That I'm not I'm not privy to certain information. And um, uh, gosh, and then like the week leading up to St. Louis, um, Elle was just really preoccupied with her phone mm-hmm. at that point. Um, wouldn't put it down. Which signaled, you know, that previous behavior when, you know, she would talk to other other women and yeah. the infidelity happened. This yeah. is what she would Similar do. She behavior. would become very obsessive with her phone. Yeah. Um, which is super common in that, you know, new relationship energy, right? Like right. you want to give all your time yeah. uh, to this person and getting to know them. So, yeah, there was a lot of excitement around the trip and red flags coming up for me. Um, signals going off in my body saying this doesn't feel quite right Mm -hmm. and every time I turned to my ex-wife to debrief that or check in it was pushed aside we wouldn't have real conversation and it was not a shared concern of her Mm -hmm. Um, not that it has to be but Mm -hmm. it kind of expected it to be um, since it was odd it seemed odd so yeah I was told not that big of a deal you're looking into things yeah Just, it's just sprinkled with, with lies yeah. and gaslighting. And I had no idea about the phone call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zero clue that yeah. that had happened. But You know, um, one thing that I remember, I'm kind of remembering as we're going through it, even though we've kind of t- processed so much, is after that happened, that phone call, H was insistent on asking me, mm. specifically one time, you're not going to reach out to Ash, are you? <laughs> wow you don't want to get involved in that yeah because didn't you ask her yeah. you know does, does she know, know yeah. about this yes and and she that hit a button for her she was like like you know got big and she's like you, you wouldn't call her would you like i you tell me promise me and um mm. which i i don't know why and i was like no I, of course not yeah. And like, I don't know why I said that. And I don't I like, I don't know why. I think I was worried about well, interrupting your marriage. Well, you know? perhaps that. But also, y- I'm sure there was a concern there for your marriage being preserved, right? That things were already kind of rocky. There yeah. was this thing she really wanted right. that you were not quite on board with. Right. And, and s- I thought you were a part of it. Mm. Still, I thought you well, were... Which I, at it. that time, we were all still friends. We still had a group yeah. thread, but right. her and right, right. Elle yeah. also had yeah. their own thing happening. Okay, so I think this is a good place to pause. Good stopping point. And yeah. then in the next episode, we're going to jump into when shit gets real. STL. When you guys come to St. Louis yep. and what happens and the day that um, our ex-wives ask us for a divorce. Yeah. And then how we met. Mm-hmm.
You feel good about that? Yeah. Okay. I think we covered a lot, but we're just getting into <laughs> it. And part two has is, is got the... Oh, it's intense. Yeah. But thanks for thanks for talking through this and moving through this with me. I know that we've processed it so much, but mm. my body remembers it. And I can see in yours that, mm-hmm. you know, it's never easy to talk about this. It, mm-hmm. it was, the for me, the worst thing I've been through. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, every time I talk about it, I feel like I'm this mouse that's being dropped down into a maze. Whoa. It's like wow. kind of just just trying to find my way through it again. Yeah. We're doing it together. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, until next time. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> We're so glad that you joined us for today's conversation. If you and your partner want to apply to be a guest on the show for one of our mini couple sessions, or if a part of you connected with today's episode and you would like more info on how to work with us directly, you can find us on Instagram at Donna Noble. That's at D-A-W-N-A-N-O-B-L-E and at Ash France Coaching. And that's France, just like the country. Queer Couples Coaching is produced by Media Machine. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach and support more queer relationships. We'll see you next time on Queer Couples Conversations. And in the meantime, take care of each other. Bye.